Welcome to the Calm Nights, Strong Days podcast. With over 30 years in the health and wellness industry, I've realized there's no one-size-fits-all solution for sleep and stress resilience. What affects one person's sleep and ability to handle stress is different for each of us. The stage of life you're in, work and home stressors, your DNA, genetics, upbringing, social life, and more all affect how your body handles stress and your quality of life. Join me as we explore a variety of tools, strategies, and solutions I've employed with clients over the years in solo episodes, as well as insightful interviews and experts. Together, we'll unravel more pieces of the puzzle, empowering you on your journey to calm nights and strong days. So let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode 19 of the Burnout Expert Podcast. Now, in our last episode, you here heard about Re, who was experiencing a lot of anger and frustration that was spilling out in her job from her burnout. And I've openly talked about the anger in my life that reared its head. It is so common. Anger as one of the symptoms of burnout, anger or frustration, where I hear this all the time with my clients. I had a friend who named her anger Medusa, um, which was so aptly named because she rears her head out of nowhere. And it's so important for you to understand how anger plays a role in burnout, because if you can understand that, then you'll be able to start mitigating it. But also like it, it is one of the earlier signs, sleep being off and starting to get more frustrated at work, getting a little angry at things. And, and, and I have so many interviews coming up where anger keeps coming up as one of the main symptoms. So we really need to dive into this today because if you can catch it in the earlier stages before it gets really bad, before your kids and your spouse feel like they're walking on eggshells and your home doesn't isn't your safe space anymore, if your job that you you love starts frustrating you, little things are nagging at you, and you're wondering, like, is this the career for me anymore? Or is this something where I, you know, maybe I need to make changes at work. I would highly, highly suggest that once these start coming in, if you are like struggling with sleep and other symptoms we spoke of, that you start first figuring out, is this a burnout symptom? Because if this is, it'd be much easier for you in the earlier stages to start dealing with that than to have to make all of these life changes and really create a lot of chaos in your house. And, and the thing is, is that when we have these burnout, it's just, there's such an aftermath when we have these anger burnouts where sometimes, sometimes, not always, we're questioning if, like, where did that come from? I was calm and all of a sudden, how did I snap into anger? Or you might actually be where I was when I was in burnout, where I thought I was completely justified in my reactions. I thought everybody else was wrong, but it was everywhere that I went. 
Um, and it was a lot with my husband. So really being able to figure out where your anger's at and what's going on is definitely going to either keep you out of burnout if you start noting the signs or if you're already in a deeper burnout, it's going to um, just help you understand so much of what is going on around you. And once you start understanding that, that connection between anger and burnout, you're able to really start taking these proactive steps to start building back your relationships at home, to start building back relationships at work or have work be more joyful for you anymore. That joy is a word I hear. I actually never thought of joy before, but I hear this a lot where I don't have joy in my job anymore. I don't have joy in my social life anymore. And these things are really a big piece of burnout. So here's the deal. If you are, what we first need to look at when we're looking at anger and, and burnout is actually one piece that is actually not a part of burnout. And that is your communication styles. Now, for me, some people, it, it, it may be your communication style is when you are stressed, you fight. And that's where anger can come out for sure. That's your body's way of protecting you. But you may also have come from a household where um, the communication style was yelling and anger. And that is the only communication style that you know. Then I would definitely have you first dive into if dive into different ways of communicating, ways of communicating without yelling and shouting at somebody to get your point across. So if that's something that's always been, so I do, whenever somebody is bringing this up about a colleague at work, how somebody is so irritable and always on edge. And I ask them to just go and start looking at this colleague when they like years, how were they five years ago, 10 years ago, depends on how long you've, you've been working with them. I know um, this is not that hard to do actually in police and fire services, which is why I'm giving this example, is because you may not have actually worked with them or know them, but you know others, like other divisions they've worked with, if they've worked in different units or different areas, and you can go back and start like kind of sleuthing out like, hey, how were they? Were they really good at their paperwork? Were they, you know, were they calm and stuff? And you may find out that somebody from day one of being in the job was hot-headed. And they may have been burnt out already by then, but they may just not know communication styles. So that is one indicator. But if they were somebody like, no, they used to be great to work with all of this stuff. And now they're hot headed all the time. That is where we start saying, oh, this could be burnout um, as well to anytime somebody's stressed. If anytime somebody is stressed and anger rears its head, that's your fight. That was me. My husband is, we have the fight and flee. My husband shuts down, gets really quiet, doesn't talk, doesn't communicate. And I'm the one that's like, spy, speak to me, <laughs> you know, like, and I'll follow him around. And I used to, I don't do this anymore, but like, I used to yell to try to get my point across and to have this communication and to, you know, express everything I was angry about. I needed to learn how to change that way of communicating, but I still then would have stress signs that would come up. So that's just one thing I do want to dive into first is, is to start diving into what is your way of communicating. Now, if you know how to communicate, but this just comes out of nowhere. If you know, if you can communicate 
quite often, or you used to be really good at communicating, and now you just like you're a noise happens, child screams. My one child recently has been stomping on the floor, jumping. He thinks it's fun to make really loud sounds on the floor. Like he's doing it in fun and it's not, it's irking us. And when I was in burnout, I would have just instantly yelled like out of nowhere, just from the loud sounds of that, I would have yelled. Um, whereas now I can stay calm. And so if it's certain situations where instantly you're like, you could be driving and all of a sudden you're pissed at somebody on the road that just comes out of nowhere or at work, like you're getting really angry at people or people are like grading on you more frequently when they never used to grade on you. That's when you'll know that it is more of stress-related, burnout-related. So there's different reasons that this happens. We're going to dive into those. So the first one is your nervous system. Now I have spoke of your nervous system before. And when your nervous system, whenever your brain, your mind perceives a threat. So it could be my child stomping on the floor. Um, it could be financial stress. It could be emails coming in. It could be um, like really stressful thing, projects that have to be done. It could be a toxic box that is always yelling at you. It could be really major things like an accident. It doesn't matter. Your, your brain does not know the difference between this really hot priority, like a 911 call that a first responder goes to and that of you needing to have a deadline for a project or you dealing with a child that is tired or hungry. Your body doesn't know the difference. Spilling your coffee, it can't tell. So every single time it that the stress is perceived in your brain, your nervous system kicks in. And when your nervous system kicks in, your nerves are like a muscle. So this is your sympathetic nervous system, your stress nerve. When your sympathetic nervous system is kicking in, then it's like a muscle. So every time you're working it, it gets stronger and quicker to react. And when it gets so fast, and you have been spending more and more and more of your time in that stress nerve, then you're spending less and less time in your resting nerve and it becomes weaker and starts becoming overpowered by your stress nerve. And so when you cannot shut it down, so I'll hear stories of like being at the park with your kids and you're just on edge. You're like having to watch them all the time, watch all the scenes around you. Like you can't let it go. You, you, you just can't relax at all. You can't sit on the couch and relax. You're thinking like, oh, I should be working or, oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And you can't slow it down. That is a sign that your stress nerve is kicking in. So we start to need to control more and more when, when our stress nerve or sympathetic nerve is firing all the time, where it has taken over strength-wise, overpowered our resting, our vagus nerve, our resting nerve. And things I used to do, and it's funny because I'll say this to clients sometimes, like, oh yeah, totally get that. Um, like around the house, it used to drive me crazy the way my husband would load the dishwasher the way he would do the dishes, the way he would fold the laundry. Like I needed to micromanage so much around the house and the smallest things got me angry, like irritated where I can't let it go. 
that is a huge sign that this nervous system is functioning, is overpowering it. And if you don't start taking control of starting to train more of your resting system, resting nervous system, your vagus nerve, and learning how to, as soon as you realize that you are in that stress state, when it's not an emergency and you don't need that fight or flight system, that response, that you are able to gather tools to switch you out of that state, then what's going to happen is this nervous system is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and keep overpowering it. And you are going to have a shorter, shorter, shorter fuse. It's going to start stemming, like starts off usually at home and it's going to extend into um, work, into social life, into like driving to and from work, all this stuff like road rage, all these things are going to start kicking in. It's going to get worse and worse and worse without you being able to control it. And along with that as well is because you're in that stress state, your like blood pressure starts increasing, your blood sugar levels start increasing, your cholesterol increases, like all of these emergency systems in your body start really increasing and ramping up, which starts causing all kinds of other health issues. So making sure that you are, if, if you're noticing this anger, this is a huge sign that this nervous system is being overworked. And we need to start mitigating strategies in order to reduce that. So the next reason that, <coughs> sorry, I had the flu last week. The next reason, and, and it's, I have a cough still. Um, the next reason that you would be in, uh, that, that your body is getting into this anger state is when this nervous system is kicking in, as I just alluded to, a lot more systems are kicking you into that stress state, which cortisol is your stress and your energy hormone starts flying through. Now, you've probably heard of bodybuilders and roid rage. So they're giving themselves steroids. The steroids that they're giving themselves are part of these, like the cortisol, epinephrine, adrenaline. I'm not actually sure what steroids that they do take for bodybuilding, but I do know that it, it goes within this amping up of um of these the cortisol family and the thing is is that when you have all these like you know with uh, you may know with bodybuilders that they get that roid rage because they have too much of these adrenaline pumping um steroids that are being pumped through their body which is pretty much putting them in a fight or flight state all of the time and body can't handle it. And, and they're getting this rage that goes off with it. And the thing is, is when you have this excess cortisol, it sits in the frontal lobe of your brain and you can't shut it off. It's floating around and floating around and you just cannot shut it off. And when you can't shut it off, you get all these revolving thoughts. You can't fall asleep. It takes you, I've heard up to a couple of hours for some of my clients to fall asleep. And the thing is, is when they do fall asleep, they start waking mid-sleep more and more frequently as well, that I have some that I've worked with that have had less than two hours that they can get of sleep at a time before their body wakes them up, which is also more of the hormones that are being kicked out when you're in a stressed state. 
start messing up your glucose blood sugars and you end up with blood sugar lows in the middle of your sleep. So when this cortisol is flying through your body all of the time, then it really starts messing up your sleep. It messes up your energy stores during the day. And you're at first on this amped up high where everything hits you. Now, if this goes on long enough, what happens is this inverses, it reverses, inverse, inverses itself, where the cortisol was amping you up, which at the heightened states of this, we actually call it Cushing's disease, where your cortisol is like pumping at 98% through your body. But over time, your brain sits there and says, what the heck? You're sending out all this cortisol. We need to slow this down. This is ridiculous. And it starts lowering and lowering and lowering your output of cortisol um, throughout your day. And to the point where, because cortisol is your energy hormone to your energy tank. So it starts off with that mid-afternoon tanking where you need a coffee or you need a nap or your brain is foggy and you can't focus or you're a little shorter. That's how that starts with that cortisol in the afternoons. And then it starts getting to where you're waking up thoroughly exhausted as well, where you feel like you're pushing or like you need an IV drip of coffee just to get going. And this cortisol just keeps lowering, lowering. The more coffees you have, I believe I mean, no, I'm not sure I've done one on this podcast. My other podcast, 911 Shift Ready, I know I definitely did someone on coffee, but coffee Every time you do pumps out more cortisol, when your brain's slowing it down, it slows down your cortisol then even more. So you end up um, struggling even more and more, the more coffees you keep putting into your system when you're in burnout. Um, so this cortisol aspect is another one. So we have this nervous system constantly kicking in, which was reason one. And then when it's constantly kicking in, reason two for you getting into this anger is that cortisol is flying through your body until you hit like really deep burnout where it just like starts tanking. Then the third thing as well that happens that can cause anger and rage as well. There's four things actually, but the third thing is your hormones. They can't heal and align your body when there's too much cortisol going on. When you can't get into a proper sleep, your proper, like when that cortisol will not release from that frontal lobe of your brain, then your natural melatonin doesn't know to kicking. It doesn't matter if you're taking synthetic melatonin, the, the, the pills, um, your mel natural melatonin doesn't know to release. And you need that natural melatonin to release so that all of these other hormones, there are 50 different hormones that your stress system manages. And those start healing and repairing and realigning themselves while you're sleeping. Now, some of those are focus, brain cognibility, cogn brain cognitive thinking, your mood regulation, your ability for decision-making. And these four, think about them, focus, the way that your brain is even able to think, that brain fog, your decision-making and mood regulation, all when they are out of whack can start making you angry as well. So you have this nervous system kicking in, kicking you into this stress zone, amping up this cortisol. Then you have this cortisol that is not allowing you to get into a proper sleep as well. Your stress system is in charge of all of these. So when your stress system is flying out and flying out and flying out all the time, it struggles to do the other job that it's supposed to be doing, which is realigning and repairing all of these hormones. 
which does relate us into the fourth part of sleep now or of being angry. Now, you know, with anger that sleep, when you don't have a good sleep, you're short of the next day. And how that is, is that the first, well, first off, you have that cortisol, as we said, that is throwing off your ability to fall asleep. We also said that your body is pushing out blood sugar or blood sugars. It throws your blood sugars off. That's a whole episode into how that happens, but it starts throwing your blood sugars off and you start waking up with like, you, you can't, um, sleep eight hours. You just can't, it might be seven that you can only get. And it doesn't matter what you do. If your blood sugars can only last seven hours while you're sleeping or six or five or four, I've had two hours. So we have all of this happening, which is messing up your sleep. And when your sleep is messed up, then the first two thirds of your sleep is your deep sleep. That is where your body is healing, where your body is repairing and healing all all the muscles. This is the physical stuff in your body. Now, the last two thirds of your sleep is your REM sleep. That's your memory, your mood um, cognition. So a lot of these hormones that we just spoke about. So for your focus, your ability to decision-make the ability to process what you learned the day before and pull it in. So if you were, if you learned anything new in your day that happens in your REM sleep, where you take it in and, and process that. And so when your sleep gets shortened and shortened, you're getting less and less of that REM sleep. And sometimes it even starts cutting into your deep sleep, which means that your ability to process things, to be able to like those hormones that are really working for the mood regulation and your focus and your ability and your decision-making. And you're just so dang tired when you wake up because your body has not, and your mind has not healed and repaired that you're shorter. So you may be somebody that your nervous system isn't firing all of the time, that you're not And your cortisol isn't pumping out all the time, but let's just say that you had something happen. So, so you, you you don't have any of those long-term effects of those two, but let's say that something happened and even let's even just say like a natural disaster or a project, even a project that you're doing that you need to, or you're studying for an exam that you're burning the candle on both ends just for two nights. Let's even just say two nights, or you even go partying and you don't drink. So we're taking alcohol out of the factor. Any of these situations where you are getting less than eight hours sleep, the next day you are going to be short. You just are. You're going to struggle with some of your brain and your cognition, even without that nervous system, without the cortisol. So when this nervous system is kicking you in, kicking in the cortisol, which is messing up your sleep, then you're getting pretty much the feeling of a good night of partying or, you know, burning the candle at both ends, like studying for exams and doing all these things, but you're getting that long-term and it's really messing up your sleep. And that makes this, this anger come out more and more. And you might be doing things to try to be managing this anger and you're trying and you're trying, but no matter what you're trying, you still find that you're, you're exploding sometimes. 
that is a sign that's telling you that this nervous system is kicking in, cortisol is going on, your hormones are possibly off, and your sleep is not, or like sleep could even just be on its own, but your sleep is off and that needs to be addressed. So where do we get with this? Like, what can you do? What are the steps to get out of this? So if you're on your own, you want to do this on your own. That's where I always come in with these Wupanora rings, because you can start seeing what your sleep is like, and you can start seeing what helps your sleep, what doesn't help your sleep, what time of bed is a good time for you to go to bed to get the best sleep, which is interesting because I've been going to bed and this is kind of embarrassing, but we often go to bed around 830 and we put the kids to bed and we go to bed because my husband's up at like 530. So 830 to 530 is eight hours of sleep. I don't always wake up at 530. <laughs> I sleep a little more. So I technically could go to bed a little later. And I have, I've been going to bed recently between nine and nine 30, which I know for many of you is early, but it's fascinating that doing that and sleeping until six, I'm actually getting better qualities of sleep than when I went at eight 30. And the only reason I know this is because of my whoop and my aura ring. So if you want to start diving it on your own, having that whoop or aura is huge to being able to take back the ownership your own and, and just being able to figure out, like start noticing when the anger kicks in and start noticing your stress signs before that anger kicks in and see if you can get yourself out of it. So there are some ways that you can be able to do this. Now, here's the thing. If you're in deep enough burnout, if your cortisol has been so messed up, your hormones are really off, that nervous system is super, super, super freaking strong. You may not be able to get yourself out on your own. And that's where I do come in when I'm working with clients. So this is what I do with my clients. We do need to figure out what their stressors are. And that really helps us within the direction of where to go. But the one commonality I do have with every client when I start them is we start working on their nervous system to start strengthening that resting vagus nerve and in order to be able to get them out of that stress state. There are things that are so quick, so easy that like one session with clients and the week after they're like, oh my God, that was like a huge difference, right? And we start doing that and it becomes like gym reps. So the more reps that you do in the gym, the stronger that resting system goes, the more that you start knowing your stress signs, you can start kicking yourself out. And that's our first, that's just our solid base. Because as you're seeing, that base of that nervous system is such a base. We also work on getting their sleep on track. And then we start diving into all of the other stressors, which there's so many of them. And we have to figure out what are your stressors? Is it... um something at the job? Is it something at home? Is it something environmentally, something health-wise, something mindset-wise? If you're never saying no to people and always overextending yourself, or, you know, are you uh, nutritionally? Is there something to, do we need to adjust the way that you're working out? And all of this too is so much easier for me when I'm not guessing based on subjective data that you're giving me on like, yeah, I felt better doing this and that I can get like concrete data when you have whoop or aura stats. Now, not all of my clients, I'm going to say half of my clients have a whoop and aura ring. Um, the other half do not. And that's perfectly fine. But at AM, it's much easier to be able to really look at it and go, oh, you worked out on this day. These were your stats. Okay. We need to, we can up your workouts or we need to decrease your workouts right now in order to 
be supporting your nervous system. Um, same thing nutritionally, we can find out what you've eaten at certain times when I can start seeing your stress markers and stuff going up if we're focusing on nutrition. So there's different things that we can find out what works and doesn't work for you. There's also certain supplements as well that support your stress system. Um, all kinds of things that I do do in order to, once we can start getting your stress system supported more, then you're able to, so for example, your body actually needs vitamin C in order to produce cortisol. So if you're in a stress state all the time, you're flying through vitamin C. Now, I don't recommend all of you listening right now to just go and start pumping up vitamin C because you take too much and you end up running to the bathroom. It loosens your bowels. So there's a fine line between where is the right amount, where is not, um, and what you need. And as you start learning to support your nervous system, the more that you're able to learn how to start supporting it, the less you start spending in a stress state, the less your body flies through vitamin C. So that always needs to be adjusted as you're getting out of burnout as well. So there's a lot of things to really consider when we're looking at all of the effects that this strong nervous system can, can affect and anger is anger, frustration are, are really some of the top ones that we start finding out. Um, I met with a friend yesterday and we were chatting and, and she was telling me about work where there is some, um, just not as much joy as she used to have. And she loves her job. She's like, I really love what I do. And she's like, well, maybe it's because this has changed or that has changed. I'm like, hmm, you know, or, or just because of certain things with certain people. And I'm like, no, first thing we need to do is start really looking at this nervous system of yours. And we started asking her more questions and she has been working out, but she's finding out too that the workouts aren't supporting her stress system. The workouts aren't supporting her stress system in the way that they need to at the moment. She's not getting that adrenaline high anymore in the gym. And that's where I was like, oh, if you had a whoop or an aura ring, we could really dive into this and see how much, how often and how many times a week going to the gym is beneficial for you right now. And how much, how, what other days need to be more rest and recovery days. Now she is very extroverted and she needs the social, which is the gym is huge for her. So it would be teaching her how to incorporate different workouts at the gym for her to be able to do that. And these are the things that we really need to take into account because different stages of burnout, your body's going to be able to hand different, handle different intensities of workouts. And once you're out of burnout, understanding what your body can handle on each and every day, given what has happened in your job. Uh, there's so much, it could be a lot of mental stuff with projects and stuff happening, or you could have had a very physical shift. You may have a very physical job. So really understanding what your body needs each and every day is going to allow you to stay at that optimum level where you're calm, where your nervous system is happy. You don't want, you need your stress nerve. We need our stress nerve. We need our resting nerve. We need to go in and out of them. Um, there's an analogy like riding a horse. When you're riding a horse, you don't just let go of the reins, let the horse freely go wherever. It's kind of a tension. 
it's like a little bit of a pull, a little bit of a relax, pull, relax. You're going in and out. And that's the same as you do with your stress system and your resting system throughout the day. It's just if we're starting to pull too much, like if you pull those reins on that horse too much, that horse is going to start buck and kick, which is what you do when your anger comes out. And when you release it too much, that horse just starts going everywhere and gets it goes off path, may just start, you know, you know, eating or heading off in another direction. So we need that balance between the two. They're both important, but understanding where they're at. And as soon as you start kicking too much into that stress state, the short fuse starts kicking in more frustration, a little more anger. So really, really start paying attention to that and see where is your anger at? Do you find on a stressful day, your anger kicks up? If so, then that is definitely telling you that your stress nerve needs some relief. All right. This has been a lot of information. Sorry, I could dive into this. I love geeking out on this all the time. This is what I just, I love what, what I do so much when I'm working with clients and we're able to get that nervous system and they come back and they're like, oh my God, I was able to get myself out of an anxiety state or out of the stress state, or I didn't yell as much at my kids. And they start kicking in workouts again, which is stressing their body. And they're not yelling at their kids. Oh my gosh. That's why I do this. So if you are feeling like your anger is where you need to start checking into, um, definitely give me a shout. I am more than happy to hop on a call. I do have a link in the show notes where you can book a call with me and I can start diving in and start, start seeing where you're at. And I'm very honest with people. If, if it is at a more superficial level of burnout where um, where even a whoop or an aura ring may just be able to help you. I'll tell you that. Or there's a few things. If you're in deep, deep burnout and I know and I see, okay, yeah, we need to work on some things, I'll let you know that as well. I'll be honest with you, right? Like at the end of the day, this is about you getting out of burnout. And that's why I do this. So if you have any questions, you can absolutely um, get on my mailing list. I also want to be creating some uh, free trainings for you guys. I just don't know what you want. And so I'm thinking right now, training on the whoop or the aura ring, I can do a um, small one at the moment, just to see if it's something that you guys like and put out there. Um, I can also do something on breaking down the different types of stress. Something else is what do you guys want? Whatever you guys want, I can start making that. Like, where do you feel the problems are? That's the biggest thing. Where are you stuck in getting out of burnout? Let me know that because that's what I can create a training on. If I can create a training on that, and then we can start moving you through the steps. So let me know what training you do want. That is where you can email me, Andy, A-N-D-I, at 911lifestyle.com. That email is also in the show notes. Email me. Let me know. You can also go on my mailing list and reply back to one of my emails and let me know. You can DM me however you want. Reach out to me. Let me know what kind of trainings you guys would like, because this is really all about you and your burnout and where you're at. I'm out the other side. So I need to know where you're struggling. Where are you stuck in burnout? Where are you stuck in getting out of burnout? What have you tried that has worked? What have you tried that hasn't worked? Let me know. I am absolutely here to help. DM me, email, email me, andy at 911lifestyle.com. Join my mailing list. All of those links are down below. And I will see you in the next episode.